The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 354. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from PhillyVoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of BleedingGreenNation.com. Brought to you by Wrong Crowd Beer. Fine folks at Wrong Crowd Beer are in Westchester, PA. Go in, check them out, have some beers, delicious beers, have some food. Order online from them at WrongCrowdBeer.com or wherever you buy your beer. And if they don't have their beer, wherever you buy your beer, either just go somewhere else or tell them, yo, where's the wrong crowd beer and get them to get it in there. And I am personally enjoying the Oktoberfest that is out currently from wrong crowd beer. Awesome. It actually is like really, it's delicious. really good beer, delicious beer. Uh, so yeah, check those guys out. We'll probably be doing something with them. I actually, we we owe uh, our guy Pete there a phone call uh, about you know maybe doing like a meet and greet probably. I think at some point uh, into you know a little deeper into the season here. Uh, so come on out and check us out there. Whenever we do that, we'll have updates on the podcast if that happens. But we got a lot to talk about here about the Philadelphia Eagles, who of course beat the Washington Commanders week four. If you haven't listened to our recap of that game, go do that. And they have an upcoming opponent in the Los Angeles Rams week five, who, in my opinion, are probably the best team so far that the Eagles will have faced. It looked like, you know, like when that schedule came out in May, I think everyone just kind of, that's a win without like a lot of thought. But, uh, you know, four weeks into the season here, I think that this team uh, actually poses some specific problems uh, to some of the Eagles' weaknesses uh, this year. How you Jimmy, doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Excited after the Phillies beat the Marlins to advance to the NLDS to take on oh, the Atlanta Braves. I should have absolutely mentioned that first. That's a bad job uh, by me. Amazing home run, grand slam, second one I think ever in Phillies history. Uh, Bryson Stott. I mean, crowd was awesome. We talked about that on episode 353 prior to game two, but um, surely enough, delivered once again, incredible crowd. I think there's going to be not the same level, but I think there's also going to be a lot of Eagle Sands out there when 
the birds play the Rams at SoFi Stadium this coming weekend. Is this the Eagles' first trip there? I think it is, right? First trip to to SoFi. Oh yeah, I've never been there. So th- because... once I once I go there, I'll knock that off as the only stadium remaining in the NFL that I haven't been to. Because the last two games were at the Coliseum, right? Twenty seventeen, and they and played 18. the Chargers in twenty seventeen, but they played at that soccer stadium. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't think about that until now. Interesting, uh, interesting dynamic. But uh, yeah, before we get into the Rams entirely and an overview of them, I wanted to address some more Eagles injury news because some of the things that uh, happened or occurred on the Wednesday injury report, including on the Rams side, were not something we covered in the last podcast. So mm-hmm. looks like Fletcher Cox might miss a game for the first time in a very long time in terms of not like a regular season finale like he missed the finale in 2020 when the Eagles were terrible they rested him uh, he missed the finale in 2021 because the Eagles weren't playing their starters at all he hasn't missed like a real you know game they were trying to win since week three week four I believe or week four week five of the 2017 season mm, it's been so that it's long, been a huh? long time um the exact phrasing on what happened with Fletcher Cox he's listed on the injury report with a back injury but uh the phrasing didn't sound great here's the exact tweet from ian rapaport eagles defensive lineman fletcher cox underwent an epidural injection procedure this week to alleviate discomfort he'd been experiencing in his back over the past couple weeks source said if he has to miss any time the expectation is it's not more than one game so that's not even necessarily saying he definitely won't play uh but i am guessing he might not He's not pregnant, which uh, is good mm. because that would he probably wouldn't be able to play for nine months. So that's good. Um, a back injury that like, you know, you're taking it. I'm not a doctor and won't pretend to be one, but this mm. feels a little bit like the kind of thing that just, you know, it's like a kind of a temporary solution. And, you know, maybe he's going to have back injury, you know, back issues for I mean, all these guys have back issues. Eventually, you play in the league long enough. Uh, but I don't know Human if this is going to be sort of a thing that... issues eventually enough. <laughs> you and me have... Yeah. Oh, no old. doubt. Like, I wake up and... Right like right this second, my lower back is like... You're just you just standing... Like, you get, like, into week you know, two, three of training camp. And my back starts to hurt when I just stand there and don't do anything for like I'm yeah, just you're standing pathetic. and watching for long periods of time. Like if I'm moving, if I walk like 10 miles, my back won't hurt. But if mm-hmm. I just stand somewhere in one spot for like an hour, my back will be killing me. <laughs> so like, uh, I don't know. The back is tricky. And uh, it's when you have back problems, they typically just don't go away. So we'll see if this will, will affect him throughout the entire season, but he's become, I mean, I shouldn't say he's become a really important player because he's always gotten a lot of snaps, but he's played really well this year, better than he did last year. And he by far, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he by far is playing the most snaps uh, of the Eagles interior defensive linemen. Mm -hmm. They're deep there, but they're all young. It's, you know, of course, Jalen Carter and, and uh, Jordan Davis have, I mean, Jalen Carter has been great as a rookie and Jordan Davis has taken his game to another level in year two. So that's all great. Milton Williams is playing well. So if Fletcher Cox, you know, misses this game or whatever, it's not that big a deal. But he's an important player to that defensive line because he plays so much. 
Yeah, and I, as I point out a lot, they like to go six deep there. Like They rotate six players at defensive tackle, and they've been doing that since mm-hmm. late last season. In addition to Cox not practicing on Wednesday, Marlon Tui-Pelotu, who is the fifth defensive tackle in that six-man pecking order, also didn't practice. So if he's out, that's your, without two of your top five guys there, and then you're basically left with just um, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Milton Williams, Contavious Street, and I'm guessing the Eagles would Moro, activate Jomo, you know, yeah, Jomo yeah. to be your fifth yeah. guy, and he would go five deep in that position. Like you said, it's a lot of youth there. Contavious Street is the oldest player, only like 27 years old or so. So, um, you know, that's certainly something to monitor as the week goes along here. We're recording this on Thursday morning at 11.22 a.m. And uh, everything else I think we kind of covered already on the yeah, Eagles I think we side. Everything. Yeah. The only thing we did not get to on is the Rams side because they released their injury report much later than we recorded. Um, what stood out to you there? Because I thought there were some notable things. In addition to the obvious, Matthew Stafford, he was full. He's going to play. I don't think that was ever in doubt. He suffered a hip contusion. He might be feeling some pain, but that was never going to prevent him from playing. That was always the expectation. Yeah. And then we, we covered the Cooper Cup thing yesterday where Sean McVay said he's officially listed as limited, but he's gonna probably going to play. Uh, I wanted to get your take on the offensive line happening. Yes. Yeah. So Alaric Jackson is their starting left tackle. Uh, he went out of the game. They played against the Bengals, which I think was week was it week two, week three, week three, week three. Um, and then when he came, when he went out, uh, I guess the Rams kind of handle in-game substitutions similarly to the way the Eagles like to typically, where they'll just substitute a guy in directly for that player as opposed to moving a guy already on the line somewhere else to that spot and then having someone fill in at that other spot. Here's what I mean by that. So Joe Noteboom is their starting right guard. He has also played some left tackle for the Rams. So one of their options was to move Noteboom to left tackle and then insert in someone else at right right guard, which would normally be Kevin Dotson. Okay, so... What they chose to do instead in that game was they inserted in Zach Thomas, who got wrecked by the by the Bengals' uh, pass rush. So that didn't go well. Week four comes around, Alaric Jackson still out. Instead of starting Zach Thomas in that game, Noteboom started at left tackle, and uh, Kevin Dotson started at right guard, and they were both fine. Heading into this matchup, Alaric Jackson, so far, did not practice on Wednesday. Neither did Joe Noteboom, who missed practice with a groin injury. So both of those guys didn't practice on Wednesday. It'll be interesting to see how their statuses develop over the course of this week. But if both of those guys can't play, then you're looking at Zach Thomas at left tackle, probably. And then, you know, Kevin Dotson at right guard. And I think, like... The rest of their line is also just not that good as it is. Like Alaric Jackson mm-hmm. isn't even a good left tackle. So even if he plays, they, that's like kind of a, a matchup uh, in the favor of the Eagles. They have a they have a, a left guard in Steve Avila, who's a rookie. I actually liked him coming out. He went way high. He went thirty seventh overall. I didn't think he was that good, but they liked him enough to take him that high. Coleman Shelton is sort of just a guy at center. And then their right tackle has been there forever. He started at 130 or so games for the Rams over his career. He's been there like 10 years. It's uh, Rob uh, Havenstein. 
solid, unspectacular player. So their line isn't that good, and they have injury issues, not unlike a lot of the other opponents that the Eagles have faced so far this year. And I think for the most part, they've taken advantage. I don't think we can blame the pass rush for you know a lot of the you know big passing games that some of these teams have had against the Eagles. I think it's been more on the back end, but this is going to be another matchup advantage in the Eagles' favor, I think. Should be. Um, just, that's the injury. I mean, that's pretty much, I think, the the biggest thing to watch from the Rams injury report. They also have a, a linebacker, I noticed, who is actually... Roseboom. Yeah, yeah, really weird <laughs> they, now. They have no boom. boom and Roseboom. Roseboom. And uh, Roseboom actually ranks tied. He is, he's only started one game officially. He's kind of like a rotational player for them, or has been. But um, he is second on the team in tackles, so that's kind of worth monitoring if he goes or not. And then Kyron Williams, who's, you know, been really good, their top running back. Mm-hmm. Um, he did not practice, but he is expected to play. That seemed to be more precautionary. Uh, regarding the Rams offensive line, which is not good. I'm looking here at the time to throw from Stafford. And sure enough, he is 13th quickest time to throw this year. So, um, you know, he is a quarterback who can get it out. Not like, yeah. He's not getting out super, super fast, but he is up there. Uh, he certainly does not hold on to it forever, as opposed to you know Sam Howell, like the Eagles faced last week, who was down at 2.9, two seconds, ranks 26. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. I wanted to get to an overview of the Rams. Uh, weird okay. team, I feel like. like. What do you really make of the Rams? Um, as like a general question in terms of like, I'm not asking you to answer this right now. I'm just setting that up as like the premise of like what, uh, yeah, what, what is I'm, one to make of this team that was, you you said, expected to be a bad team this year. I mentioned on the last podcast, they had a 6.5 projected over under win total. That's mm-hmm. rank, the only team that was worse was the Cardinals. Uh, they were tied. The Rams were tied with some other bad teams for that 6.5. But yeah. the only team, again, that was worse was Arizona. Um, and... They come out week one, surprise the Seahawks, and it's like, oh, wow, um, that's a unexpected win. Week two, they go out, they hang with the 49ers. They look pretty good, competitive in that game um, for the most part. It's probably the 49ers' like t- toughest game they've had to play this no year. No question, yeah. And then they go out week three. They lose to the Bengals, who have looked awful <laughs> like outside, <laughs> yeah. outside of winning that game. And then they go out, and it looks like, okay, they're about to have a blowout win over the Colts. Nope, they let the Colts back into the game. It goes to overtime. They finish the deal. But it's kind of like it's a weird team to know what to make of them exactly. Uh, And some of their rankings, they're 13th in point differential. They're plus 13. That's uh, 15 points lower than the Eagles, who are plus 28. They're 17th in DVOA overall. Uh, and they rank 11th in offense and 24th in defense. Meanwhile, the Eagles are 6th in DVOA, 7th in offense, 10th in defense. And then if you go by PFF's overall grading, which I don't really know what to make of that because they don't weight things, but just as a way to look at the teams, uh, Eagles are 7th there, and the Rams are 11th. And then I included this little – I sent you a screenshot of this because you kind of have to see it to fully understand it. So sorry for podcast listeners, but you can go to (laughs) rbsdm.com and look at their team tiers. And uh, that website has all 32 NFL teams charted in terms of defense EPA per play by offense EPA per play. And what do you call that graph here? What would you call this? Scatter? Scatter graph. In any case, 
It kind of shows it's you. The one, it's, the, it's the one with like all the team logos scattered yeah. across a big chart. Uh, and you generally want to be like at the top right because that means you're really good at defense <laughs> yes. and really good in offense. And you're at the bottom left. And I'm noticing the Giants there, which Giants, isn't a surprise. The Not Bears, good. the Raiders. Bears. <laughs> yeah. So the Eagles are actually like right on top of the Rams logo. They're almost like right identical in terms of that they've been below average a little bit defensively, but they've been decently above average in offensively. So yeah. they're kind of in that same tier there, which I think is interesting. Um, so that's the overview. But I guess yeah, now to answer the question, what do you make of this Rams team? In general, yeah, personnel wise, they have, you know, obviously three super recognizable players in Matthew Stafford, who's been around forever in Cooper Cup, who, you know, I think he's like a top five receiver in the NFL when healthy. And of course, Aaron Donald. And then um, beyond those guys, it's a really young team. So those three guys are maybe not so much Cooper Cup, but Aaron Donald and Matthew Stafford have been around a long time. They they I, I forget how many exactly. Uh, rookies they kept on their final 53 on their initial 53 man roster at cutdowns, but I think it was around like 15 or 16, some kind of crazy number like that. And of course, they haven't had a, a number one pick or a first round pick in a really long time, <laughs> and they won't for a little while. Uh, I think since the last the last first round pick that they actually made was Jared Goff in yeah, the, the same year the Eagles took the took Carson Wentz. So uh, of course, one of the you know none of the rookies that they have on this team were a first round pick. I think one of them was a two. I think a couple of them were a three. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of these guys are all day three picks or undrafted free agents that made this team. So um, yeah, it's a kind of a fun young team to, you know, root for if you're a Rams fan, you know, after they win the Super Bowl, they have to kind of tear it down to some degree and, and rebuild. And they've done a nice job, I think, in you know bringing in a lot of these young players and, and giving them a chance to play. And of course, the big one so far this year is Puka Nakua, mm. the uh, wide receiver who has thirty nine catches through Leaves four the games. NFL thirty nine. That's crazy. It's like you know, it's basically ten a game. I think he's got. I think it's five oh one receiving yards. Only has one touchdown. It was actually the game winner in overtime mm-hmm. in his last game against the Colts. Um, but yeah, he's been really good for them in the early part of the season. Then you have Cooper cup added to the mix. And I think the biggest concern for the Eagles heading into this game, which was the same as the last game is that they don't have a slot corner. They just don't have one. And we'll see if, I guess they do sort of now that, that they signed Bradley Roby. We'll see if he can, you know, get acclimated enough physically and mentally to play this week, you know, in the Eagles defense, James Bradbury, of course, has been playing in the slot, which I think he's been fine. But when you do that, you have the big downgrade as we talked in the last episode from him to Josh Job on the outside and in Puka Nakua and in Cooper cup, those guys really work the middle of the field well, and it's going to be a big challenge and they do a lot. So of course, also with um, any kind of offense, you know, under sort of that Kyle Shanahan uh, coaching tree, we're talking about the 49ers here, the dolphins, the Rams, they do a ton of pre-snap motion stuff. There was one play that I was watching like Puka Nakua highlights and there was one play they ran where he comes in motion from the left side, runs through the C gap of the offensive line at the snap, and then comes all the way back across the other side of the field again, and he's wide open for a catch. So they're doing creative stuff with pre-snap motion and stuff like that. And that's sort of the um, you know, the mantra of not mantra, but the, the big, you know, one of the big things with those offenses is that they try to make everything look the same. So any kind of, you know, pre-snap motion with a with, you know, a run look. It's going to look the exact same as 
you know, any kind of pre snap, similar like pre snap motions in the passing game. So that makes their play action, you know, more effective. And that's sort of what they, what these offenses try to master. And it poses problems for opposing defenses. Obviously, those three offenses that I mentioned, the 49ers, the Dolphins, and the Rams, have all been very good so far this year. Maybe the Rams a little less so because they don't have as much talent as the Dolphins and 49ers. But I think two things. They're hard to defend. But I also kind of feel like this game is a nice game to have on film Mm. and also sort of like kind of have a testing ground for when you play the 49ers later in the season because these two offenses are very similar. Hmm. All right. Well, let's take a break here and then get into more of the matchups here on BGN Radio. But first, a word from our sponsors. Jimmy, we will be... Oh, excuse me. Back after this. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back here on BGN Radio. Let's start with the Eagles defense, I believe, versus the Rams offense, which is what you were just touching on there. That's really, I think, the the big question mark in this game. Eagles are coming off mm-hmm. of a shaky showing against the Washington Commanders and Sam Howell, Terry McLaurin. Secondary needs to play better. It's tough, like you mentioned, in terms of they're facing a lot of pre-snap motion and something they're not used to practicing against because yeah. the Eagles... Yeah. are like bottom I mean, of the league very little of it and it's yeah. interesting and i don't think that's like it's weird because they've obviously had such an effective offense at least in the past like that's not this year there's been some issues yes but that's i don't think like you can just point to that because even last year when they were great they still ranked towards the bottom of the league in pre-snap motion it's not just that um mm-hmm. but in any case uh eagles defense going up against this rams offense which has not had cooper cup since week one and you're adding him into the mix in addition to defending Puka Nakua. Uh, that is quite the proposition. I remember Jason Garrett getting a ton of criticism for not running any kind of pre-snap motion when he was the coordinator for the Giants. And sort of rightfully so, but really more for him, it was because their offense just had zero creativity. Nothing. Like, they was bringing nothing to the table in terms of scheme-wise. But I think the Eagles offense has done enough creatively where we can go, okay, they know what they're doing. If they don't want to run pre-snap motion just because it's not, it doesn't fit what they want to do, then I think that's fine. But I've gotten a lot of questions about the pre-snap motion. They should probably do a little more of it maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're wary of it. I think they knew those questions were coming as well, like because they, they've been asked about it a few Nick times. Nick Sirianni has talked about that in the past of like, you don't want to rank towards the bottom of any, you don't want to be an extreme yes. end of anything like that. Yeah. So I think we'll probably see them do a little bit more of it. Um, but they also, they, they don't want to run motion just for the sake of doing it because you can run into issues with motion, you know, pre-snap penalties and stuff like that kind of are, are, you know, a symptom of that. Um, but anyway, um, just wanted to touch on that real quickly. Mm-hmm. I think the other big thing, obviously in this game from the defensive side of the ball is Aaron Donald. I mean, he's. Oh, we're doing Eagles defense versus Rams offense. Oh, I thought we were doing, I'm sorry. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, my bad. Sorry. <laughs> no, Aaron Donald doesn't play for the Eagles. Nice try. <laughs> yeah, all right. What was the other thing I had there then? Uh, Eagles, defense. Yeah, the secondary. And, uh, oh, I, you know, the offensive line, I guess we mm-hmm. already got to as well, um, where they're, you know, they're injury plagued and not that good to begin with. But, yeah, I mean, certainly the uh, the defense, the two main areas are slot receivers, middle of the field, and you know, I think the matchup in their favor is the offensive line, D line versus O line. Yeah, and weird, weird performance in week four where I thought they played well, Eagles offense or defensive line, but and they they got five sacks. Like normally, you sign up for that, you take that. It just felt like it wasn't enough somehow. Still, especially going up against an overmatched offensive line by the Commanders that had allowed six sacks per game. So on average, the Eagles you know, didn't do as good as other teams just based on what the commanders were allowing. But yeah, you know, I think they absolutely have to take advantage. It feels like this is every week where we're saying this. The Eagles are going up against this overmatched offensive line and then specifically on the in having interior issues as well. So, um, I mean, maybe you could you could potentially spin the Fletcher Cox injury as a positive if it means more playing time for Jalen Carter, because I think I think Jaron Carter, it's it's kind of time to give him a little bit more playing time, especially when you really need him. Because mm-hmm. consider this, I don't remember if I read this stat in the last podcast, but Aaron Donald leads all NFL interior defenders in pressures this year with 22. Jaron Carter's right behind him at 20. And Jaron Carter's played 85 fewer snaps than Aaron Donald has. So like maybe like let's ramp that playing time up just a little bit here, especially again if Cox is going to be out and lean on that a little bit. Because, I mean, he's been a monster. Um yeah, I mean, that's not really reinventing the wheel, but maybe play your really good player a little bit more, especially if you're having some issues on defense. The other thing, too, that I kind of noticed about these Rams receivers, too, so their top four receivers so far this year, Puka Nakua, we mentioned him already, Tutu Atwell has you know, 270 yards. He's been pretty good for them this year. Tyler Higby has been around there for a long time. It's their tight end. Van Jefferson. All four of these guys are all like right in the same neighborhood in mm. terms of yards per catch. So Naku is 12.8, Atwell 12.3, Higby 12.3 again, and then Van Jefferson's at 13.5 on a lower number of catches. So they don't really have a guy that's a field stretcher. Mm. And I think, you know, the, the Eagles defense under Jonathan Gannon, and I think it's continued to some degree under Sean Desai. They don't want, they just really fear giving up explosive plays. I think they should not fear that as much in this game. Probably play a little more aggressive. Don't play as much off coverage against this group. You know, make them earn the stuff underneath and in the intermediate areas of the field. Don't worry so much about the deeper stuff because they're not really that well equipped to, you know, hit Mm -hmm. deep shots down the field. And obviously Stafford can can throw it, but he's also he can yeah. But their receivers aren't really well equipped to to make those. Plays 40, 50 yards down the field. Well, he's also hurting, and I know he's tough, but it's also like I'm sure this isn't a a week where (laughs) he's especially going to be wanting to take a lot of hits and, you know, just, you know, adding on to that. And I think that's something that the Eagles certainly should be trying to do. Uh, So, yes, I would agree that maybe dare them to beat you deep a little bit more Mm -hmm. than usual. Do not just be content letting them drive down the field. Speaking of driving down the field, um, their running game hasn't been super efficient this year in terms of the running backs. Um, you have Kyron Williams, who I mentioned earlier. He has 64 attempts, only for 245 yards, so that's uh, 3.8 a pop. His longest run this year has only been 20 yards. The Rams' longest run as a whole 
has only been 22 yards. That was by uh, Atwell, who you mentioned earlier, who they get involved, I guess, a little bit sometimes in the running game, uh, only twice this year. So um, it should be, in theory, based on how the Eagles have been able to stop the running game so far, a game where they can do that and try to make the Rams take those shots down the field. Uh, the quarterback obviously isn't a threat to run at all anymore either. Yes, yeah, Stafford has uh, 10, rush, 10 attempts this year for 4.9 a pop. His longest run is nine yards. Yeah. Anything else, Jimmy, on the offense? No, I think uh, more or less covers that side of the ball. Well, before we get to the Eagles offense versus the Rams defense, let's hear quickly about Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Use discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. It is the same meat snacks that your NLDS Philadelphia Phillies have had with them in the dugout it's been seen at times it's the same meat snack that your philadelphia eagles who are undefeated have at the novacare complex fueling station right outside the eagles locker room and weight room so if it's good enough for your favorite athletes it has to be good enough for you too that's the thing like you could you know it's a i feel like a multi-purpose kind of snack right to selling craft jerky you could just be sitting on your couch enjoying it watching a game or you could use it to fuel up on protein if you know you're a you're a workout person. So uh covers a lot of bases. Right to selling.com, based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, just like Ron Crowd Beer Company. So we love the local synergy going on. Right to selling.com, discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Check it out today. Also, same discount code BGN15 works at wildrangerpet.com for 15% off high quality. Putting the emphasis there, high quality dog treats you love your pet you love your your dog you want to get him him or her uh really good treats not just you know cheap stuff you can get though you don't even know what's in it uh you can get them real like real ingredients basically at wildrangerpet.com so check that out as well okay jimmy eagles offense versus the rams defense what do you expect spoiler (laughs) i mentioned darren donald before uh obviously you have to worry about where he is at all times they do move them up and down the line, and oftentimes they will try to identify who the weak link is along the Eagles' offensive line, and they have Aaron Donald attack that guy. So it's not going to be Elaine Johnson. It's not going to be Jason Kelsey. It's not going to be Landon Dickerson. Maybe they'll have him go against Jordan Mailata a little bit. I think Mailata mm-hmm. has struggled at times this year, but uh, you know, obvious, the obvious target here will be Sua Opeta, who is filling in for... Cam Jurgens, and I think it would probably would have been Jurgens anyway. Like they would have uh, had Aaron Donald, you know, try to try to get you know one on ones against Aaron against um, uh, Jurgens in this game, even if he hadn't gotten hurt. So it probably doesn't change much in terms of any kind of look ahead that the Rams did in you know in previous weeks looking ahead to this game. So yeah, I mean, he's got two and a half sacks this year, only at five last year in an injury plagued <laughs> year in in, uh, in in eleven games in 2022. So I don't think he's the same player he was when he was in like his mid to late twenties. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had 20 sacks, 20.5 sacks one year, which is <laughs> insane for an interior defensive lineman. And some of like the highlights that he has are just ridiculous. Just the one that really stands out in my mind, he's basically just picked up Ezekiel Elliott and threw him <laughs> in one of their games against the Cowboys. He's just insanely quick, insanely strong, and like anytime you hear like that, so they have like that, you know, the, the offensive line summit 
which Lane Johnson is a big part of, mm-hmm. they all talk about like how do we block Aaron Donald at that thing? Sure. <laughs> so like they all try to figure out ways to block the, that guy specifically. Um, I know that that's some of the, you know one of the things that comes out of that meeting every year. But he's obviously, you know, the best defensive player in the NFL over the last decade. I don't think he's that at this point. Like currently, I think there are better defensive players in the NFL, but certainly a big threat. Um, And yeah, you got to count for him wherever he is because he's the name. Like if you look at the rest of that defense, it's a lot of like no name guys. Some of them can play, but, you know, none of them are going to command the kind of attention that he does week in and week out. It's going to be no different this week with the Eagles. I would say most people could not name a single starter on the Rams defense outside of Aaron Donald. You think so, huh? Okay. Who uh, who do you think people are guessing? Yeah, I mean they don't really have any. Uh, I guess if I guess probably Fuller is the next closest big name. But yeah, I I don't know. I don't know that anyone would. Uh, I don't know that anyone would, would would. You're right. You're probably right. I don't know that anyone would be able to name one other guy. <laughs> In four you know what my favorite name on their defense is? What? Yeast. Mm. Okay. You're a big <laughs> yeast guy? It's just a funny last name. Okay. Russ Yeast is his name. If you just move the Y from the first, like if you remove that, you, you could also be Rusty Yeast if you just, you know, you move that over. It was all together. Okay. There you go. Uh, four games against the Eagles and Donald has played in. How many sacks do you think he has in those four games? He has zero. Oh, but okay. This was a, This was an Eagles media house discussion. Zach yeah. Berman uh, had some trivia. Yeah, shout out to Zach so. Berman for being the one really pointing that out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll ask you the other questions that he had in the mm-hmm. media house. I know the answers. If it's the offensive lineman, who is the other? So he, Aaron Donald has zero sacks against two teams in the NFL. Oh, I'm looking one at him here. The Eagles, of course. Who's the other? Uh, I'm looking, I know the answer to this because it's actually, <laughs> if you look, so I have his page open, his career splits on pro football reference. Okay. And the te- other team with zero sacks, it's right above him. It's the New York Jets. Who? But, but he's only played against them twice. Who was the last guy who played right guard against the, yeah, ra- this is the last Nate. Eagles right guard? It's Nate. I think Brandon Brooks started that game or no, did he not? Anyway, it was Nate Herbig. Yeah. And then David Mulk was the center. So that's crazy. He's Aaron Donald has somehow gone up against He's David had good Mulk. matchups. <laughs> and and uh, so beyond zero sacks, because sacks can be, especially, you know, it's not always the most telling stat if uh, Aaron Donald is like wrecking the offensive line and someone else is getting a cleanup sack. But if you look at the other numbers from those games, how many uh, tackles for loss do you think he has in those four games? I don't remember him ever really being a force in any of the Eagles games. So probably a low number. I'm going to say, oh yeah, okay, one. All right. Sorry, jump the gun. Uh, and then how many quarterback hits do you think he has? It's it's more than zero. I'll tell you that. Two. Six. So Six, oh, okay. It's not a big number though for Aaron Donald and for four games. Four games, yeah. Uh, so that's interesting. That's not nothing. Like, especially because... Who was the offensive line coach for all of those games? It was Jeff sure. Stoutland. He clearly has some kind of ability to, uh, I'm not going to say shut Aaron Donald down entirely, because I think that's hard to, I mean, he has kind of to this point, relatively speaking, but I'm not saying you can realistically just always, it's not like, okay, you have Jeff Stoutland, set it and forget it. Aaron Donald is neutralized. No, but I think you can say they're going to have a good plan going up against him and a plan that has worked in the past. And now 
obviously Aaron Donald has seen that play in to some extent, so he can adjust and, you know, the Rams can adjust to that at some level. But it does seem like they have, it's not like, well, they don't have a prayer of stopping him and he's an Eagles killer and he's going to destroy him and he's going to wreck the entire game. I think there's a chance that the Eagles can navigate the arduous path that Aaron Donald presents. Okay. Anything else on the Rams defense? Yeah, I think uh, the big matchup that they can exploit in this game is, I mean, whoever Akella Witherspoon is playing is, oh, is yeah. covering. Because you look I at... I can't believe so he's, he's a starter played, for them. <laughs> I can't believe he's a starter. <laughs> Period. But yeah, he's uh, he, he started for the Steelers last year. And when the Eagles played the Steelers, if you'll recall, A.J. Brown had three touchdowns in that game. First one was not against him. First one was against a combination of Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds. Second TD, it was him on Akella Witherspoon, dusted him down the field. Safety came over a little late and, you know, caught the touchdown pass. A.J. Brown, after that touchdown catch, did like, the, you know, the put in his hand, like, you know, like, like too, too small. short or something. And he's not like that. He's actually a bigger corner. He's like 6'2". So it didn't doesn't matter. It's not about the, it's not about the the height. It's about the dog. It's the level. Okay. He's, it's measuring dog level. And A.J. Brown's ah, dog I, level okay, is well, way that higher. Makes sense then. All right. And then the third TD, again, seemed almost the same type play right down the right sideline. Deep ball. Touchdown. And then that one, he kind of did the point. He mm-hmm. pointed at one of the defensive backs. <laughs> and then he pointed at, at Witherspoon. I I don't know what he was doing. I don't know if he was saying, like, when he pointed, I got you mm-hmm. and I got you. Or if he was going one, two, that's not enough. You got to have more guys covering me. I don't know. It was one of those two things, I think, mm. that, that that were the points. And, of course, he got flagged for that. Um, <laughs> by the way, I'm fine with getting flagged in that kind of situation where you're just blowing a team out. I was just going to say. Go ahead. You know? I was going to say, like, I don't want to. So some of the, I don't like being the don't you know, get a taunting penalty guy. I don't think any of us <laughs> yeah. like to be that guy, but you know, if it's a seven point game, like it was, and like, you haven't earned that, especially the Eagles weren't even, you know, playing like amazing on the whole, that, cause that was, they were down earlier in the game. Maybe like, yeah, save the taunting for the blowout is my point. Yeah. Yeah. It's against an AFC team. You're never going to see those guys for like a long time. It's not going to backfire on you. Like if you play them again later in the season, like if you do that against Dallas in like week four or something, oh, yeah. and you got to play them again. <laughs> yeah. So like you play an AFC team, taunt the crap out of those guys and take the take the penalty if you're up twenty eight. By all means, go right ahead. But if sure. you're up seven and the the team you're playing has a chance to has to drive the field for a game tying touchdown, not the time to do that shit. Excuse my language. Uh, but anyway, uh, Akella Witherspoon is they they targeted him in that game. By the way, nine times. I think they completed seven passes against him. But of course, two of them were the touchdowns, and it wasn't just AJ Brown that you know. He was covering Devontae Smith. He got targets when when Weatherspoon was on him. So he was a guy that I think they were specifically looking to take advantage in that game. And I don't think it'll be any different in this one. Um, going to an overall kind of thing here. The Rams employ Sean McVay still, who obviously has had success when it comes to offensive efficiency and whatnot. And a lot of that mm-hmm. pre-snap motion you talked about going into that. But a big weakness of his something that limits his teams is the fact that he's a total coward and will settle for (laughs) field goals when they should go for the touchdown and will punt the ball. So that is something that could potentially come up and be something that is working in the Eagles favor. As long as they're not being dumb themselves and running 
with Kenny Gainwell on third and 11, for example, and then being aggressive and going for it. And then there was obviously not an obviously um, there was a, a punt situation in the commanders game too, that I think kind of got under discussed. Was it like fourth and six? They should have probably went for it there. They ended up punting it or they, I think they kicked the field goal. Remember that at one point in the game, it was like a, who had the fourth and six? The Eagles did. Oh, the, uh, what, at what point in the game? Uh, I think it was made, might've been the second quarter. But I think it was, you know, you know, you know what it was? I believe it was right after they got stopped on, I think, the push-tush, tush-push. Oh, yeah, right. So they were, they were close to midfield. Yeah. Right. You're right. Yeah, I, I would have still gone for it there. So point, and also, if you looked at, like, um, Ben Baldwin's fourth down bot or the New York Times fourth, whatever, the fourth down thing, um, it was a very, it was like a very strong recommend go for it in that mm-hmm. situation analytically, and they didn't. So point being... Um, I would hope that they are aggressive and give themselves. I would hope that Nick Sirianni gives his team a chance and and tries to give his team more of an edge in this one than Sean McVay does. And I think that is where there is a coaching matchup, potentially, if the Eagles can take advantage of it. I think it's fair to point out there have been some questionable things again with the game management and aggressiveness and strategy this year. Um, Bo Wolf and uh, Zach Berman, who we mentioned earlier, were having a good conversation about that on PHLY. Uh, earlier this week and um i i noticed zach zach had said he 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 turned around on uh believing if that was a good decision or not he he originally thought it was okay to go for the touchdown at the end of the game but then he was like not and i was listening to that this morning and i'm like yeah not trying to take it out in zach personally but i'm just like it's like the more you think about it like the eagles score that touchdown washington does go for two there ron rivera isn't a coward they lose the game like Imagine <laughs> yeah. what the imagine how different like everyone would be feeling right. about that team and the like everything right now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, would like yeah. To AJ see... Brown is a is a goat and not in a good way from that yeah. game because of the you know e- even though he had 175 <laughs> yards and two <laughs> right. touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that's the difference sometimes, and I would, I think the Eagles need to be sharper is what I would say and need to exploit the fact that they have a coach on the other side who is not going to be aggressive and should take advantage of that. I have one other thing offensively and then one other general thing. So real quick, first of all, Dallas Goddard has been a beast as a blocker. He's not had a breakout game yet as a receiver. This is a potential one for that. Mm. Uh, Colts receivers last week had, I think it was six catches for over a hundred and a couple of touchdowns. So, uh, Ernest Jones is the other starting lineup next to Roseboom. Um, better run defender than coverage guy. And then Roseboom just, you know, he, that, Roseboom's a guy that's just like, he he's like their Christian Ellis. <laughs> yeah, like the, that, that level of player. So uh, I think there could be opportunities in the middle of the field for Dallas Goddard, uh, particularly when they're already, like their corners aren't good. So they have to already pay extra attention to the receivers on the outside that can open up things in the middle of the field, potentially for Goddard. I think that's a good matchup for the Eagles there. And then just generally speaking, uh, the folks at vivid seats emailed me. Mm. They have a 57 to 43. No, too low split. I agree. Eagles fans, 57 Rams fans, 43. So I think the thing that they can't totally judge and this was probably true in Tampa as well, mm-hmm. is that there are Eagles fans that live there. So I think they're kind of going off of zip codes, like where tickets are being purchased from. Right. So these are people that are already, that are already there uh, yeah. in L.A. And A very Tampa. heavily transplant area. 
Yeah, exactly. Whereas uh, zip codes in Philadelphia, I don't know. I don't, and again, I don't know if this is exactly how they track that, but um, I agree. It's probably it's probably too low, but I think it is very clear that there will be more Eagles fans in that stadium than there are Rams fans. And that's something that the Rams are used to other teams. Like when the 49ers play there, there are always way more 49ers fans than Rams fans mm-hmm. there. So, uh, you know, that'll be the case this Sunday as well. It'll well be there's, and there's also the element of like the people who are going to take the time to travel. Obviously there's some people who do live there, but the, the, the Eagles fans, a lot of them who are going to take the time to travel and are really passionate about this are going to be, you know, especially they're invested in the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're rowdy. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. you know, Rams fans go into that. There are these casual L.A. people who are just like, oh, there's a Rams game on. I guess I'll, yeah, right. I guess I'll go and hang out. Uh, and I just don't think in general, you know, obviously the the have that same appetite for football specifically in that city. Basketball, a different thing. Baseball, essentially a different thing. But football, mm-hmm. clearly just not the same level of juice. On Goddard, I wanted to get to him a little bit. Um, that's funny. People say on God. Uh, I just did on Goddard, not on purpose. But they have to figure it out. Like how, how have they not been able to get him more involved? When you look at his numbers this year and you look at his numbers through his first four games in each uh, of his seasons, dating back to his rookie year in 2018. So he has 19 targets. That's his tied for his second highest amount of targets through four games in his six seasons, but his 13 receptions, um, like the yummy seasons he had lower were the first two years. 10 and five and then his yardage total is his lowest since 2019 he only had 43 to start 2019 he has not gotten in the end zone which is his lowest start and then on that 2019 season he got hurt weirdly against the falcons remember that was that weird game where like a bunch of eagles players somehow just got hurt in pregame warm-ups which is like incredibly (laughs) it's really rare that one player would do that let alone like multiple members of their offense anyway yeah, they lost that game that that was the uh the nelson aguilar drop game yes so i'm to be clear here i'm not saying got in that season goddard's the four the first four eagles games i'm saying his first four games which he was hampered by that foot injury still and zach Ertz was still on the team so okay there's a reason why he would be his numbers would be down there how the heck are they so bad now? Like, they, they just have to figure this out. It's not that Dallas Goddard got worse. He didn't. He looked awesome in training camp, right? Like, he's still, he's, he's made some good catches this year with limited opportunities. Like, I know it's not as simple as feeding him and because you can't just forget about Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. And I know teams probably wouldn't take Dallas Goddard away to some extent, but it's just, he's too good. He's simply too good for his production to be that low. It's crazy. So he led the league from 2021 to 2022, those two seasons, in yards per target, which is insane for a tight end to lead in that that kind of statistic. 10.6 yards per target. The, the number two guy on that list was kind of a weird one, too. Kendrick Bourne from the Patriots, 10.5. But then, like, the next eight guys on that list are, like, everyone that you would expect. So there's, like, Tyler Lockett, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, Cooper Cup. Jamar Chase, George Pickens, Debo Samuel, AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. So like he let there's only two guys that are over 10 yards per catch. It's it's Goddard and Kendrick Bourne. And then everyone else is below 10 on that list. So like, yeah, and this year I think he's four point something yards per target. Four point six, mm-hmm. I want to say off the top of my head. But it's yeah, I mean it's it's not big. He's not been um and I'll, again, I, I'm with you. I don't think it's on him. Right. I think it's he didn't get worse on, all, like randomly all of a sudden. He's what, twenty eight? 
phenomenal throughout training camp. Like I thought this yeah. was his best camp of his career. Yeah. It's kind of unstoppable in some ways. And so, for whatever reason, they just haven't, they just haven't found him. Uh, there have been a few plays where he's been wide open yes. and either Hertz didn't see him or the play wasn't designed to go that way. But um, I think there are some opportunities with him wide open down the field that they haven't been able to either see or connect on for whatever reason, or else those numbers would be much higher. But again, this is a game where I think that he can capitalize. Might be a good idea to do what they did uh, against the Bucks, like with AJ, and they got him two first two Eagles passing yeah. plays, right? Like maybe just do that. Like let's just force the ball to Goddard early on, kind of get him going, maybe get him in a rhythm. Uh, I would like to see. Not that he some needs that. that, like AJ Brown does from a mental perspective, but I do think it's good for like a confidence kind of thing. Agree, and just you know, I think kind of making. Not that Jalen Hurts is unaware that Dallas Goddard exists, but like, hey, you know, this guy's here too. Maybe let's uh, get him involved. Maybe, yep. you know, drop on those tight end screens that have worked for them in the past uh, as well. Just get him the ball is the point. Anyway, okay. Let's take another break here, Jimmy, uh, but not before we hear about Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. Uh, her phone number is 856-906-9295. Uh, call or text her if you are looking to buy or sell your home. In fact, you just walked up the lawn here and into the house. Um, so yeah, she's waiting for you. She's sitting there, has her phone, is looking at it. Mm-hmm. Again, eight five, don't let her down. 856-906-9295. Even if you're not looking to buy or sell your home, mm-hmm. just do it. Just just do it. Yeah, send her a message. Buy, sell sell your house and buy a new oh, one okay. just on a whim. <laughs> and do it through Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. I feel like you legally, I think like she wouldn't want you to say that. I think she would have a problem. <laughs> yeah, these 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 uh, ads that that I'm running on the Kristen Roach side anyway uh, have not necessarily been approved mm. by <laughs> by Kristen Roach. Like uh, the, the political ads, you know, like where they have to get the person to say it. This message has yeah, been approved. Right. Yeah, I don't think her voice is noticeably absent from these. (laughs) Okay, well, we'll take a break here and we will be back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on BGN Radio, where it's time for our weekly DraftKings. <laughs> Same game parlay promotion that you will be able to see on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, we did not hit last week because the Dallas Goddard Loser. anytime touchdown didn't hit. And also the spread didn't hit, um, which I think is not my fault. I feel like that's on the Eagles. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the Eagles should have covered. I feel like they had every reason to cover. Yeah, I was again. mad at that one too because I think they played well enough to cover. Yes, but again, like the and we went through like all the laundry list yeah, of like things, the weird... that, the oddball things that happened in that game. Right, where it's like four points here, three points there, and that kind of thing. But yeah, I thought that, I thought that the result of that game should have been a double digit win for the Eagles. Well, and not giving yourself a chance on third and eleven again, and just yeah, when that, you could have yeah, gone up right. by multiple possessions. Like <laughs> anyway. So blame the Eagles, not me. Uh, this week, I do not have our same game parlay cooked up already because the DraftKings has not put up all of the props yet. 
So uh, we'll have that for you on the Bleeding Green Nation Twitter account. Uh, you'll be able to see that on game day. So follow at Bleeding Green on Twitter. Yes, I still call it Twitter. It is Twitter to me. It'll always be Twitter to me. So monitor that. Uh, I will mention that, you know, we're doing this every week. Uh, right on the DraftKings homepage, you'll be able to see it. So probably going to, I mean, I'm probably going to do like Eagles money line and then maybe uh, an anytime touchdown scorer. Then we'll figure out something else as well. Um, each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 888-777-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake, Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources and yes i have to read it sorry okay we love our friends at DraftKings, though uh, i actually you know been placing some bets against the phillies because i am essentially in my mind paying for some phillies wins okay um, i am reversed you know I'm, I'm doing the uh emotional hedging okay i will be doing that too with some of the picks in terms of the cowboys i will be betting on the cowboys this week and if they win then i win some money and if they don't win then they lost and i'm happy with that okay but let's get to our weekly picks against the spread uh i went one and three last week not great you went two and two. Oh, did i i the, thought i was not good this week or last week i mean not that two I and two think- is good but i thought it was going to be worse uh, it was not because you hit on. We both hit. Wait, actually, no. I'm right. I'm wrong about that, aren't I? No, you you were right because you did Bucks plus three, and you did yeah, Seahawks plus one. Pick. I can't believe yeah. we talked about this. I can't believe the Seahawks <laughs> were getting a point at this stage last week. That was the easiest Insane pick of the year. Yeah, I, it's like I, what is going on? Um, <laughs> I know sometimes the line tells you things when things are like too good to be true, but that was right. just, that actually was. Uh, the case okay so you're you're six ten and one on the season i'm seven nine and one uh against the spread so we need to do better straight up we're both four and oh picking the eagles let's get to this week's picks we have five of them to get through let's roll through these saints yeah. at patriots i'm gonna take the patriots minus one uh saints neither of these teams are that great but yeah. uh i don't really like the saints quarterback situation right now with either an injured Derek Carr or a, just a not good Jameis Winston. I know the Patriots are coming off a bad loss. I think they'll be be playing better off of that. And I think the Patriots at home is a little, little bit different than Patriots on the road. I do think they have, uh, not that I want to give Boston fans credit, but I think it's just tougher. To, I think they're, I, I will give them, uh, I, I'll allow them that they should be able to beat a Saints team at home. Uh, and what's basically a pick them. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> It was actually Bill Belichick's worst loss of his career. And I, I kind of feel like just, I don't have anything to back this up, um, but it feels like whenever they have a bad loss, they regroup quickly. But but again, I don't know how much of that matters in like the Tom Brady era, because it's a totally different world in New England now, now that he's gone. So, yeah, I mean, but I do trust Bill Belichick for the same reason that you do in a game like this where they're playing a bad quarterback. He feasts mm-hmm. on bad quarter. His defenses feast on bad quarterbacks. But this is kind of a funny matchup because they're both 
teams that had a great quarterback for a very long time, and they had a lot of success with those quarterbacks. And then as soon as those quarterbacks are gone, not that good anymore. Uh, In fact, they both have losing records since Drew Brees and Tom Brady have moved on to retirement slash the Buccaneers slash retirement. So, yeah, it's uh, it's I hate picking these games every week, by the way, the Saints games, because Mm -hmm. that team just is weird because they have a good defense in theory, but they don't always play well. And then I don't know. They 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 have so many crap opponents on their schedule. This being another one where they're they're just very hard to pick. And I don't care enough about that team. <laughs> you know, we care mm-hmm. about them uh, for the for the purpose of this podcast because the Eagles are on their second round pick. Uh, right. But yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm with you. I I'll, I'll take the Patriots. What what am I laying here? A, a point? One point. Single point. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. That's it's more or less like a pick them. Uh, yeah, it's I'll, a pick them outside of the home team. I'll take the Patriots. Derek Carr is just flat out. Derek Carr was bad last year, by the way. And then he comes to the Saints. He's been bad so far this year and hurt. But even before he got hurt, he's bad. And Jameis Winston, that's fine. Like, you, do you do you have a NFL GSIS up during games? NFL Jesus. NFL Jesus. Do you have that up during games? No. Like during Eagles games? So I'll like pay attention to that during Eagles games. It's mm-hmm. basically, it's a, it's a site that updates games like boom as they happen mm-hmm. and i happened to check in on the saints game at one point and it said <laughs> it said uh entering the game for new orleans jay winston and then the next mm. sentence is jay winston intercepted <laughs> <laughs> yeah what a shocker so, <laughs> there's like so there's famous car... people out there and i just don't get it <laughs> yeah i agree but yeah anyway whether it's Carr, Winston, whoever, uh, don't like their chances uh, against the Patriots. Defense is good. They just got wrecked. Uh, I mean, across the board effort, wrecked by the Cowboys week four. Uh, that was a bad it, pick by I us, by say, the way. We we were both pretty confident on that one last week. And then uh, it did not go as the Cowboys, by the way. Talk about a team that like bounces back after horrible wins. No, we'll They're pretty good at that. Don't worry. Yeah. We're going to get to them. Uh, I will mention quickly here that. A good win for or a good outcome, I should say, for the Eagles, the Bucks beating the Saints last week because that puts, you know, the Bucks obviously ahead of them in the NFC yep. South. And the Eagles will want to see the Saints not win that division. So good to see some distance happening there. And uh yeah. Okay. Now, this is the Thursday night game, so happening tonight as we're recording this. Bears at Doesn't get any Commanders. worse than this. <laughs> I am gonna take the Commanders because uh I fade Justin Fields at all costs. The Bears haven't won since like October 22nd or something last year. I just, I no, Justin Fields, no. I don't care that he played well against a horrible Broncos defense. And also, by the way, even though he did play well, quote unquote, he still lost them in the game. He had key turnovers. Uh, he had two turnovers and one, obviously, when the, the Bears had a chance to come back and try to win at the end. So, yeah, I will take the commanders. And the first time that Justin Fields makes me regret betting against him, well, then I will live with that. I'm taking the Bears. Well, how many points do I get? It's six. Okay, six. Is, was it yeah. six? Yeah, I'll take the six. Uh, okay. They actually finally showed some life. I mean, against albeit a horrendous yeah. Broncos defense. I mean, Broncos gave up 35 points to the Commanders week two. They gave up 70 mm-hmm. to the Dolphins week three, and mm-hmm. then they gave up 28 to this really bad Bears offense week four. But 
I think they showed something week four. The Bears did. Justin Fields started like 20 of 21, I think, in that game. And the one incompletion was a Hail Mary. So, like, mm-hmm. maybe, I mean, I'm I'm done, like, trying to think Justin Fields is going to become a good quarterback or anything like that. But I don't know. He's he's not horrendous. Mm-hmm. He's not good, but he's not who would you rather? Who would you rather have? You'd say you would to win one game this yeah. week. Who would you rather have, Sam Howell or Justin Fields? I'd rather have Sam Howell. Sam Howell. I'll take Sam Howell. I agree. Um, but I'll take the six points. Didn't this? Didn't they play this game last year in primetime? Bears, Commanders? It did. It and was it was Carson like the Wentz, most unwatchable game. <laughs> it was his like, last start, I believe. Oh, other than the awful. one he had later in the season. It was the, I think the last before in he particular got particular was basically. awful in that game. Yeah. They, they won it like six was to that, nine. Was like it, was a, yeah, it was a terrible game. Was that a primetime game or something? Yeah, it was Thursday night. And they were like, "Let's do this again. Let's run it back on primetime. Let's run it back, baby." <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, like so. So for the real quick, like this game for like an Eagles fan perspective is at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think many Eagles fans care about this game because who cares about Washington? It's, especially if the Eagles already beat them once. But like at least it's like a three out of ten, maybe an interest level for Eagles. If you, mm-hmm. But if you're like a an, like a team of in the AFC East or, AFC, or anywhere in the AFC, this is like the worst possible game. This is like our version of I don't know Titans uh, Colts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like who cares about this game at all? Why is this game on prime time at all? Well, let's stop talking about it then. Other than yeah. you said you're taking the Bears to win as well. Cover, cover. No, I have the, I have okay. the commanders so, winning the game. Commanders win, but there's cover. cover. Yes. Okay, fair enough. Okay, then that brings us to the Giants at the Dolphins. I don't think we need to waste time on this. Dolphins are <laughs> – there's no – Giants are playing on a short week. They stink. They're horrible. Uh, Dolphins are better, even though they're coming off a loss to the Bills. I don't care. Dolphins are going to cover. Somebody had a stat, and I, I apologize. I can't credit it, but – so I can't remember who it was. But the, the Seahawks entered that game – with like a really, I don't even know the exact stat, but a really low number of sacks. They might have been like either last or close to last in the NFL. And then after that game, they were leading the league mm-hmm. in sacks. <laughs> like they, had a la- they sacked Daniel Jones 11 times. Here are, the, here are the Giants' three losses this year. Cowboys, uh, just offensively only. Zero points, 171 yards, three turnovers, seven sacks. 49ers, 12 points. They only had 150 yards in that game. And that was a game where, like, mm. some of the people that cover slash follow that team were like, they fought hard. <laughs> One turnover and two sacks. And then, of course, the Seahawks game where they just got absolutely taken to the woodshed. Three points, 248 yards, three turnovers, 11 sacks. Their offensive line sucks. And Evan Neal, I don't know if you saw this, but he was, he was like, uh, admonishing the fans see that. for getting on, you know, the team for playing Taking shots like, at burger flippers. That's right. That's what he said. So like he was saying, most of these, these what are these guys like flipping burgers and hot dogs? <laughs> like you're all a bunch hey, of I losers. I have all the respect for... in the world for someone doing that. I mean, food, food, food service is a very hard job. Of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it takes talent to, uh, to cook in my opinion. So yeah, I mean, but like his point was like you're all a bunch of losers. <laughs> like how, who said like 
what gives you the right to criticize our play on the field? You guys have crappy jobs and I have a great job. Mm. And then he quickly had to apologize for that. But yeah, not yeah. things aren't great. And I knew it was going to be bad again. But so like one of the, one of the things that Evan Neal has to like thank his lucky stars on from his rookie season was that Andrew Thomas, who's their left tackle was terrible mm-hmm. as a rookie, but then he turned yes. into a good player. So Evan Neal sort of got the benefit of the doubt because Andrew Thomas was able to turn it around. But more often than not, if mm -hmm. you're bad as a rookie, like really, really bad as a rookie, you're probably just going to be a bad player in the NFL. But he Mm -hmm. avoided heat his rookie season because Andrew Thomas turned it around. And now in year two, he still stinks. And now he's hearing it and he's not responding well. Yeah, I thought he might be able to turn it around just because, you know, the pedigree and everything and the athleticism. Mm-hmm. I just thought and he was he kind of like came out into the draft with an injury, right? Like he was kind of getting over that. I thought that maybe that was impacting him still. Uh, I was wrong. And certainly the Giants are dead wrong and they are suffering for it. So are you, are you taking you didn't you didn't actually make your pick. You have to make a pick. Are you taking the yeah, Dolphins to cover? What is 11? 11. Yeah, I get. I mean, do? they're coming off a like bank com- on the Giants to cover, and you're going to feel good about that. <laughs> <laughs> they're coming off a bad loss to Buffalo, so they're going to be looking to come out and smoke someone. Yeah, so I'll, I'll take the Dolphins. I'll lay the eleven. And again, a short week for the Giants too, going from Monday to Sunday. Yeah, so, and then traveling and at that. So, still super great. hot in, in in South Florida too, which I think is a factor, as we saw when we went down there for joint practices and preseason game. Oh yeah. Okay, game of the week. Game of the season, someone might say. Cowboys at 49ers. I want to be reverse jinx guy in terms of the pick and take the Cowboys. I did say I'm going to bet on the Cowboys money line because of my uh, the way I set it up as a win-win for me. Either the Cowboys losing or I make money. But for the sake of these picks we do here, I am going to say the 49ers, who look like the best team in the NFL. I have a number one in my power rankings. I'm sure a lot of other people do. They're undefeated. They have not showed any signs of slowing. I know the Cowboys have done a lot of good things this year too, but this is a team that specifically owns them, and it would be insane to give the Cowboys the benefit of the doubt. And don't just take my word for it. RJ Ochoa on the NFC East mixtape this week said the same thing. So uh, I'm going to ride with the 49ers minus three and a half. Maybe the Cowboys cover. Maybe it's close. But um, I can't give them that benefit of the doubt. I think the 49ers have earned the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, the Cowboys, if there's a weakness on their defense, it's the run game. And the 49ers can certainly run the ball. And then yep. I think defensively, as they have shown in their two playoff matchups the last two years, they can confuse, frustrate, and um, sort of force Dak Prescott into making bad decisions that lead to turnovers the two playoff games were kind of like defensive struggles. Um, like the 49ers offense certainly wasn't lighting it up in either of those games, but they seem to be playing at another level this year. Offensively, they don't have a game where they've scored fewer than 30 points yet this year. So I don't think that's going to change in this game. Maybe they don't score 30, but I think they're going to be successful on offense. And I don't think the Cowboys offense is good enough to um, consistently put points on the board against this, you know, very good 49ers defense so yeah give me the 49ers too and I'll lay the I'll lay the three and a half who do you think what what do you think is the more ideal outcome for the Eagles in this game I mean the Cowboys losing you have to focus on the division first you can't get ahead of yourself and be like we care about the one seed at this point I mean again hasn't been a repeat 
winner in the division since 2004. Maybe just focus on winning the division before mm. you get too carried away. That's how I think about it. That's interesting. See, I kind of look at it the other way. I don't think you're necessarily I think you're wrong. I think, I, think there's a, I think there's an argument for either side, but the chances I mean, of... It's a win-win for Eagles fans other than you yeah. don't want to tie. If you're an Eagles fan, I think you have to root against the Cowboys. And I think if the 49ers end up losing, then you're like, okay, that's not the worst outcome. Yeah, well, I agree with that too. But I kind of feel like the team that earns the one seed, I mean, really has a huge advantage over everyone else. Cause there's only one, there's only one mm-hmm. first round buy these days. So you get that one seed, such a huge advantage. And I think the 49ers are a much bigger threat to the Eagles on that front than the, than the Cowboys are. I can also see your side where, yeah, worry about the division first. If you, if you, if you beat the Rams and then the Cowboys, you have two game division on the rest of the, on you know, the rest of the NFC East. So, like, you know, early in the year, you and I both do the rooting guides, and I think they're fun each week because you and I, I think, differ in our reasoning for different teams. I like to uh-huh. look at yours after I do mine because I think we think about things a little bit differently sometimes. And I don't, I can't speak for you with this, but, you know, entering even week four against the Seahawks, I'm like, look, you know, I think the Giants are really bad, and it might make more sense to root against them because, or sorry, to root for them in this spot because I'm assuming they're going to be bad. And the Seahawks are the bigger threat to the Eagles in the NFC. I recognize all that. But at the same time, it's week four. And I know the, the Giants, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I know they're probably not going to be good. But I'd rather just, you know, like officially kind of see them killed off and at one and yeah. three before we start getting like, I think you can get a little too cute with that stuff sometimes. And I would just lean on the side of not getting a little too cute. And uh, the Giants getting, in my rooting interest, a little bit better of a draft pick. But they're not, you know, I'm not worrying about them coming back to life. So, that's kind of how I think about it. Same logic with the 49ers, different situation, but like I'd rather just not, or the Cowboys, I'd rather not play with it. And anytime the Cowboys lose, uh, I'm not going to be upset about that. I think once okay. the game starts, I think fans will typically just revert back to Cowboys losing is always the more yes. aesthetically pleasing option, even with it's how great. hateable the, the 49ers are to Eagles fans these days. But it's it's also even better because the Cowboys can't beat this team consistently. So it's even yeah. like more demoralizing if they lose again to this specific team. Like it's <laughs> yes. it's, just, it's like even funnier. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm with you. There. Whereas if they get over that hump, then the narrative shifts where it's like, oh, the, four, the Cowboys different might be different this year. Right, they beat the right. 49ers for once, and I don't. I'd rather That's not fair. see that too. Okay. Anyway, uh, quick some news here. Fletcher Cox ruled out for Sunday's game against the Rams. Oh, the already? Huh. Comfort per, okay. per uh, Derek Gunn. That's uh, Jacob Sports on Twitter tweeting that out. So, And the Eagles are hopeful Cox can return against the Jets. So D-Gun is saying Cox is out this week. Uh, we already talked about that earlier in the show. Just wanted to mention that here as we are recording live. Yeah, he won't even travel then. Uh, that's also another factor why he might not be able to play right, know, the, right. the travel of it all. But, uh, okay, that brings us to our Eagles, Rams pick for week five. The Rams, as it currently stands, this, this line has shifted around a bit. Saw it open at five and a half. Eagles uh, favored by five and a half. I saw it get get down to as low as four. Uh, mm-hmm. Currently, as I'm looking at it, I am seeing the Eagles are favored by f- four and a half points. So, who do you have, Jimmy? I have an Eagles win, but uh, oh, a Rams do the same cover. Thing I'm going to do here. Okay, yeah. I mean, we mentioned the. I mean, I think the real the one true matchup advantage in the Rams' favor is again just the the 
receivers, the receivers ability to run really smooth, crisp routes uh, in the middle mm-hmm. of the field against the weakness of the Eagles defense, which is its slot corner. And on the outside too, if Bradbury has to continue to play in the slot and Bradley Roby isn't up to speed, whatever. So I think that's the one advantage, but if you look at the rest of the van, like the rest of the, the, the field, <laughs> the Eagles have advantages all over the place, whether it's Eagles defensive line against the Rams offensive line, whether it's AJ Brown, Devontae Smith against, um, you know, their corners, particularly a Keller Witherspoon, whether it's the Eagles, we didn't even talk about the Eagles rushing attack against the Rams run defense, Rams run defense. Isn't that great? So I think that's another area where the Eagles can, can, can beat them. Um, so I, I just see a lot more advantages uh, with the Eagles over this very young we think of the Rams maybe as not young because of Stafford and Cup and Andrew Don- and uh, Aaron Donald, but it's a very young team. Whereas the Eagles are a very veteran team. I just like them in this spot. Um, it, there is some upset potential here, but and I think it'll be a close game. But ultimately, give me the Eagles to win. Rams cover. I thirty agree. to twenty eight is I what think- I'd say. Something like that. Okay, thirty to twenty eight. Yeah, um, I'm gonna take the Eagles to win this game. I. Uh, looked up some trends earlier in the week when I saw the line come out. The Eagles are not good at covering the spread in the Nick Sirianni era as road do- or, uh, road favorites. They are only 6-7 and seven against the spread since the beginning of 2021. However, they are 12-1 straight up in those games. That's really impressive. Mm. Yeah. 12-1 in road games. Who the loss would be. I, I, I can tell Dallas? you that if you can't guess it. Dallas nope, last year? Were they, were they underdogs nope. in that game? Oh, Minshew yep. started. So yeah, they would have been Minshew was starting. Yeah. Uh, oh, Kansas City. You have to go back to the... Nope. Oh, they wouldn't be favored in that game either, though. What am I talking about? I said road yeah, game. So it's, it's 2021 then, obviously. It's 2021. It's a really pathetic loss. <laughs> it's Dylan Hurts' worst game of his career. Oh, the like, Giants. By pass yeah, rating, yeah, yeah. at least. Yeah, yep. the Giants game. To the Joe Judge bad. Giants. Yeah. Yeah. That is the one time to seven, they lost. I and think that took, game was. Yeah, and they had a chance to win at the end still. So even in like their worst game, their only one oh, loss the, the Rager of those drops. 13 games. <laughs> Rager yes. had a couple drops uh, at the end of that game. Well, yeah. Hertz <laughs> turned the, he was, Hertz was terrible in that game. He turned the yeah, ball over yeah, yeah. Three, three, four times. Um, so that's the one game they lost as a road favorite. A, a game they still had a chance to win at the end, even though they played awful. So I think I'm going to lean with that. I'm going to say that... For as much as I think the Rams are kind of a plucky, interesting team and the Eagles have had their issues, I think that there's going to be a lot of Eagles fans out there, you know, at SoFi Stadium. The Eagles will be boosted by that. The Eagles are getting a little bit healthier in secondary with Justin Evans returning. I think that's a nice thing to have him over instead of Terrell Edmonds. Not that Evans is amazing, but I think he's better than Edmonds is. And I think, we could again, we could see more of Jalen Carter, which I think is a good thing with Fletcher Cox seemingly being out for this game. Offensively, I think the Eagles are maybe starting to figure some things out with their passing attack. As we saw, Jalen Hurts have his best passing game in week four. So I can't say like I feel incredibly amazing about this. Obviously, I'm taking the Rams to cover the four and a half. I'll say it's a 27 to 24 game. Eagles win. They don't cover. And I will lastly note here that Eagles over Rams is Aaron Schatz, previously from Football Outsiders, now from FTN Fantasy. Uh, Eagles over Rams is his second most confident spread pick and his third most confident straight-up pick for this week. He kind of ranks all the games in terms of you know his confidence level. Mm-hmm. And he's 
45 and 18 straight up uh, this year. So that's not bad. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. But the, you know, football outsiders data kind of guy is saying that uh, he feels good about the Eagles this week. So there you go. Okay. Okay. Any final thoughts, Jimmy? I have to wrap up. Yeah. Uh, quick thing. Uh, well, first of all, I, I know you wanted to give congratulations to somebody. Did I? Yeah. For the Gannon take. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Our, everyone's favorite aggregator, Dov, or Dove, <laughs> whatever you want to say his name is. Definitely a real person. He uh, put out a, a graphic that was like, Eagles defense really missing Jonathan Gannon because it was you know highly ranked at this time last year. And I was going to link to this tweet that Shiel had from back in, I think it was August 30th. But people beat me to the punch on that. Good job by them, including Benjamin Solak. That was like the number one take that Shield doesn't want to hear, hear this year, that the Eagles defense is worse and they missed Jonathan Gannon. And that's the right. biggest reason why. As if like there wasn't a ton of personnel turnover and natural regression from year to year. And the context of defense is never sticky year to year anyway, for the most part, Cowboys being like an exception to that, and maybe the 49ers too. Uh, so yeah, congrats to Doe for being like the look at this from afar and totally play into that trap <laughs> right. of thinking yeah. that Jonathan Gannon is the biggest reason the Eagles are not as good this year. Okay. So my uh, final thought is sort of a, a thing that uh, Dov or Dove or whatever, and, a lot, and not, not only him, a ton of people, a ton of people do this on Twitter where they just take a video and they have like, they post the video themselves. Somebody else posted a video somewhere mm-hmm. They post the video themselves instead of just quote tweeting it or something like that. They post the video and then it has like the, the little thing underneath that says like who yeah. originally posted the video, but it really isn't like they like any kind of engagement that they, that, 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 that person's not getting any, any engagement from just having their, their name at the bottom of that video. It pisses me off to no end that first of all, Twitter allows that, that that's like an okay thing to do on Twitter. And that like, I think you should need permission from the person to post their video on your own account and take all the engagement from it. So Dob is a big offender of that. There was a guy that put out a video of the Phillies of a, a Stotts Grand Slam, but without the commentary, it's just like, it's almost as yeah, if you're, like, you're awesome in the stadium kind of, it's awesome. And everyone is just, just posting this video. <laughs> like it's their own, their own video that they put out and it just, pisses me mm. off to no end that that's allowed i hate it so i complain about it all the time mm. not on the podcast or in writing or anything like that just in my personal life and like around like the other beat writers and stuff i hate it with a passion that that's allowed also a really bad change to twitter recently as in like with a day is the fact that the headlines are gone on like the link cards you know so i you'll saw post that an article yeah. <laughs> and it's just like why that article could be to anything now <laughs> And you could just write anything you want in the tweet and be like, you know, you could say some crazy thing and link to an article. And then someone might be like, oh, wow, can you believe someone wrote an article with that? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's so dumb. It's just well, in an age of misinformation, because, you know, a lot of people say we live in the information age. I say we live in that misinformation age. For well, sure. I think that's not helping matters uh, by doing that. So great. The person who runs Twitter is doing a lot of dumb things. What's new? Okay, I have to go, Jimmy. So we're going to wrap up by saying we appreciate everyone who listens very much. We love that you rock with us. Shout out to everyone listening. And uh, 
we appreciate you supporting our sponsors, which again are in the show notes. So check out whatever podcast app you're using in the episode description. You can see all the links and promo codes and all that good stuff. In addition to our social media handles, I will additionally mention that Jimmy Kemsky available at phillyvoice.com and my work available at leadingyournation.com. And we will talk to you after the Eagles play the Rams in week five, and we'll be back with you early next week. Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N.